Yo, 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 everybody, welcome back to Fire Knife Life. Today we got the awesome, vocally talented Jay Nunn, a voice play. This episode is hilarious. I know every episode is hilarious, but this one is particularly more hilarious than the last one. I hope you guys stay the whole hour. The last 30 minutes, we were just laughing, so just please excuse us and our jokes. But you get to hear more about our time at Disney together, his time in American Idol, in Japan, traveling with voice play. And I'm very grateful to have this guy on. Without further ado, let's hear it for Brother Jesse J. Nunn. Knows about our time at the Lion King, and he's just such an inspiration to everybody here and into our lives in the entertainment business. Let's hear it for J. Nunn. Jesse hey. Nunn. Hey. <laughs> 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 yeah, so something that I, I mean, I failed to mention in the. He's been on uh, American Idol. He's acapella groups all around, and we're just here to, you know, get into your, to your journey, your singing journey, man. I'm really thankful for you to take some time out and coming to talk to us today, bro. Most def. Thanks for having me on, bro. You already know what it is. Yeah, of course, bro. So I think one of the we wanted to know is that how did you? How did you figure out that you could sing? You know what I mean? Singing is kind of like one of those talents that uh, it's either you have it or you don't kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, how did yeah. you How did you first start developing it and how did you know that's something that you always wanted to do? Uh, definitely. Um, man, I knew at a really young age, bro. Like um, my mom used to sing in the Bible study choir uh, when I was a baby. So she would take me to like rehearsals and stuff. And I was already just, um, born into music. Like I was around really dope singers at a young age and dope musicians. And, you know, like they were just passing me around. I was a baby being passed around to all the, all the sections, like listening to everybody sing. So my, my ear just picked up on it. And then like around, like when I started talking, you know, I was already, you know, singing like, three years old, four years old, I'm singing full songs and, you know, like it just came to me naturally. But it's funny. It's funny because um, singing wasn't like the very first thing I wanted to to do, like as a profession. Like I started off um, in orchestra playing the violin and uh, as a dancer first. And I was actually more excited about those two things than singing at the at the time when I was about, like eight or nine years old. Mm hmm. So, but yeah, singing singing definitely came supernatural to me. Both of my parents sing. Um, my mama uh, raised me um, in Bible study around like all of that crazy, dope, soulful uh, sound, you know. So that's just where it where it started for me. Oh man, yeah. Like I, I've you know, I've heard you sing almost you know my whole. Uh, adult life you know when i started liking i was only 18 years old and that's kind of yeah. like my first uh introduction to not just you but to a lot of great singers and stuff so i was gonna say like who was your biggest inspirations to like because us as dancers like we dance but we have also people that we're inspired by that we kind of get our style from of who course, are some yeah. of your inspirations that you looked up to uh, either celebrity or people that you knew now you're like, oh, um, man, this is uh, this is the way I want to sing. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely my mom, first off. Like, huge mama's boy. So you're going to hear about mama a lot on this podcast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> in terms of, like, just finding my own, like, sound, 
like really, really young. I had a really high voice. So it was like Michael Jackson and Jackson five type stuff, Stevie wonder. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as I got older and my voice got deeper, it became like music, soul child, John legend, uh, Neo usher, Justin Timberlake, like more of that type of stuff is what really inspired me to like, you know, learn how to use my voice a different way. Um, write songs a specific way, background vocals, play piano, dance, like be more of a showman, like live, you know, stage presence and all of that stuff. Like those artists really inspired me in terms of like um, finding my own voice, you know? Yeah, man. Then I got to say, you have an amazing voice and everybody that has heard you is kind of like captivated. I remember when me and BJ heard you sing and then we started harmonizing which we were kind of scared too because you know we we're not singers vj is i'm just like the <laughs> harmonizer guy <laughs> i just remember like the harmonizer you know, guy <laughs> i'm just a har- i'm just the ooze and oz guy you know <laughs> hey we need them ooze and oz though bro <laughs> it, it pieces it together ain't it hey you know you got a dope song when the the background vocals is just as catchy as the lead vocals you know oh man i'm just now i'm just now singing lead and stuff because for our show for polynesian fire i finally got to like sing lead and i was like man this is probably how jay nunn and bj feel when they go out and do stuff that's dope bro that's dope i didn't know you was out here singing and stuff on them oh yeah 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 a little bit i want to hear that yeah yeah a little bit i'm not up to you guys yet but you know i wanted to go through your whole like career up to now you know before lion king before that came into your life like what was like the steps you did before that? Cause like, I knew you sang before that. Like, were you in plays or in shows? Cause a lot of people that we sang with at Lion King came from like Broadway shows or just, they were just singing and it happened to audition. But like, what was your journey? Like your singing journey, like until you came, well, you were, you were already here in Florida, right? Nah, I actually auditioned in Atlanta, Georgia. Really? Yeah. Um, Like, what do you want to start at though? Like you want to go like back to when I first, decided yeah, yeah. I wanted to do like singing as a like as being a artist yeah. as a, okay sheesh mm-hmm. so we're going all the way back to like eighth grade ninth grade like <laughs> yeah bro like that's where I first decided like I ser- I wanted to take it serious like I started rapping I started songwriting I started learning how to produce I started singing everywhere by myself like as a solo artist I started doing talent shows I auditioned for TV shows and commercials and modeling and acting like literally everything. Like I dove head first into everything I could, I could get my hands on, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So that was like, that was the grind like for, for years, pretty much from like age 13 to like 18, 19, I was doing all of that, that stuff. And I ended up on the Apollo and, um, Harlem I got to do that and perform on that legendary stage that was like a huge thing for me oh man did you see that clown ever come out that yeah dude? yeah yeah the dude that um the Sandman the Sandman would come out <laughs> he ain't come out for me he ain't come out for me he came oh, out thank for, God. for other people but he ain't come out for me so but yeah bro I was like 14 15 years old when I got to do that so that was like a huge that was a huge point in my career and it just gave me more more motivation to like keep fighting so from that I got in like local newspaper and I started booking like little gigs and stuff my mom was managing me so I was doing like weddings and 
uh, birthday parties and like little festivals and stuff, local festivals and just, you know, just trying to just trying to build it up and get some experience. Um, I did some musical theater in high school. Uh, I did an opera in college. Really? Yeah. Opera? Yeah, yeah. I was a background character, though. I wasn't the lead, but I did. I got my little classical. <laughs> I got to do a little bit, a little bit of that. We did a deflator, flater mouse, or the Florida mouse. I don't know how to say that thing right, but you know. <laughs> um, and that was when I dropped my first, my very first album, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, then I got on another TV show called The X Factor with um my boy band at the time called for sure we were singing in a we were singing together in high school like in choirs and stuff and we formed a group outside of that like on time to be on some like boys to men type new edition type stuff kind of um mm-hmm. we made it off of there we were like the top eight groups off of that show and then we started doing just a bunch of shows and festivals after we got off of the tv show and that's how it ended up in Atlanta before I came to Lion King um mm-hmm. we had got a, a production deal uh while we were out there um well we were in Virginia and someone offered us a production deal but we moved to Atlanta to take full advantage of it so we could work in the studio and um put all this music together and you know shop it for like a label deal um a long story short the the deal went sour um the group broke up and then I auditioned for Lion King, and that's how I I, I got the role. They uh, they <laughs> they called me up after like a few days after uh, the audition, and they were like, um, "Yo, like you wanna you wanna come to Orlando and like sing in this show?" And um, I'm not gonna front like that was like a super uh, stressful time for me because yeah. we you know we like we I've, I've never I've never come from a whole lot of money or anything like that like uh like we've always been like pretty poor but like okay as well like in between in between there Mm -hmm. um so at that point in my life like I literally had like no money like we moved to Atlanta and found jobs and tried to hustle it out and you know make make the dream work um so I was like super broke and I was like man I gotta whatever I can get my hands on after this deal falling through, I gotta, I gotta get it. So they called my phone and I was like, I thought somebody was like prank calling me or something. Cause I never thought like somebody like me would be able to get like, <laughs> like a, a corporate job like Disney. So like, yeah, they called me, they were like, yeah, you know, you want to, you want to, um, you want to come to Disney and like come sing in the Lion King. And I was like, yo, whoever the hell playing is that darla's voice you're doing nah nah it wasn't Dar- i don't think it was darla at the time it was somebody else <clears throat> um maybe it was like a secretary or something but i was like i was like yo whoever playing on my phone get the hell off my phone right now i'm too broke but it's not <laughs> not playing on my phone yeah bro yeah like i almost cussed the lady out I almost cussed myself out of a job but now she like laughed it off and she was like yeah you know we'll send the contract over if you need a few days to think about it, you know, let us know. And I was like, hell no, nah, I don't need no few days to think about it. <laughs> Get me the funk up out of here right now. So that's how, that's mostly what happened before, before Lion King. Super, super humble beginnings, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, bro. And I want to talk about that experience because I got to experience it with you. Because when I, I mean, because I, I danced there, I left, and I came back. And then when I came back, I only did one show with you when I came mm-hmm. back. And uh, I remember that. Yeah, man. That was like after the um the weight loss and stuff, right? Yeah. So after like I left Hawaii, did all the weight loss, and then came back. And I remember I saw you, and I was like, "Damn, I can't believe you're still here." <laughs> but <laughs> like, I mean, when you with you meeting us, I think we got close. Me, you, and BJ got close because we were close to the same age, and like it was always awesome to to hang with you. Like, could you speak more on like your Liking experience, how you felt about it, because us, you know, we we love it. VJ left, I'm still here, but you know, I like I I cherish those moments, the early days, with all of us together, you know. So, yeah. what was that experience like? How did you feel? And also, you know, I wanted to talk to you about you know your decision to kind of not really leave Liking, but you you told me you know I'm, I'm on a mission, you know. And I talked to Thailand about this on his podcast when he decided to leave Disney. He felt like there was more for him out there. You know, this. So I wanted to sure we can get into that. I don't know if you want to, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about it a little bit because Um, a lot of us, a lot of us Polynesian dancers that don't dance for Disney, a lot of the people in Hawaii and things like that, they want to leave and they want to follow their dreams because they, you know, they don't get get stuck. You know, they have a big vision and like how hard was it to like leave something that you know it's pretty much guaranteed check every week or whatever and just wanted to go pursue your dreams what was that like i know that's a long question with a lot of answers but yeah curious you know yeah no bro i I loved all of my time at lion king that was my first professional contract i was like 22 23 like (laughs) uh, once again like i you know i didn't think i was i thought it was a little too rough around the edges to to do something um that like polished so, you know, I, I shocked myself, like, uh, you know, I always believed in like my talent level and ability, but you know, there's always so much more to it than, than uh, just that. So um, like just entertainment politics is like, you know, why would they pick me instead of picking somebody who's more, you know, Broadway and musical theater-ish and has more of that under their belt, you know? Mm-hmm. So once I got there, you know, it was just cool being welcomed into a, a new family and just you know honing in my on my skills like just a new way of performing and being super professional and like you know working through the show no matter what's going wrong technically and you know we I met so many freaking people there like Disney's like the hub you know how that is like everybody is everybody's been everybody who's a performer for the most part has been through Disney or or done something with Disney in some type of way so it mm-hmm. definitely was a necessary part of the the journey because, you know, if I wouldn't have worked at Lion King, me and you would have never met. And me and a whole bunch of people would have never met. Me and the me and the voice play uh, sap suckers would have never met. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I always when I think about Lion King, I don't I don't think about any of the uh, the negative stuff that happened. It's always the, the positive stuff that uh, I experienced and what it what the show felt like and especially being like a, a young black male, like trying to perform, you know, it's like, there's not a lot of jobs, singing jobs for us at Disney that are like specifically for us. So yeah. for me, that was like a big thing. Like I took a lot of pride in that. Like 
I would play around and, and goof around a lot. But, you know, when mm-hmm. I when it was time to sing and like, you know, pour my my heart out on stage, like I made sure people felt that, you know. Yeah. So I loved it, man. Like when when it was time for me to um to start phasing out of there, I was having a lot of issues because I didn't want to leave something that was um very important and uh i was very passionate about it at that point like that show had became a part of like my lifestyle like yeah to an extent um and the people there too you know Mm -hmm. um but i also felt you know the same way like when you when you you hear that voice calling you know god's telling you to do something else like he's saying he's got more for you you know what i mean so yeah, and, and you can't ignore it. You gotta you gotta act on it. And that that's how I felt like, um, and I'm I'm still glad I made the the decision. Like it was a very tough decision. Um, I wish I could have worked some more stuff out with them so that I could have done, uh, both, mm-hmm. longer. But you know, it's all good. I feel like that door is always open, um, and I can always go back there. You know, when the time is right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I do miss it but i i know i i'm glad i made the decision to um move forward in my career and and learning because you know you got to take risk and you got to you got to try different things if you're trying to do something bigger and uh affect people's lives in a a, on a bigger way you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean yeah because we we shared it together i mean i I mean i I shared it for like like three years out of the time you were there Mm mm-hmm and and then when I came back, it was just like you. I noticed that you know you're going into different things. You were singing for Epcot. Uh, what was that show called? American Music Machine. American Music Machine. Yeah. How was it like over there, man? Because I heard that show was pretty mean. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun, man. That was that was definitely fun. That was my first time singing um, a bass for really a show. Yeah. Cause you know most most of the gigs I had back then, they're always trying to force me in that tenor spot, mm-hmm. and you know how the tenors in Orlando they be crazy singing crazy high. I'm like, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> 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 but they um they hired me to sing bass for that job, and I was like, hell yeah! So it got it got super dope. Like I would be doing like I do like morning shift at Lion King, and then go do a few shows at American Music Machine or I do vice versa. I do a couple shows at Music Machine and then go go to uh Lion King and do a few shows. So it was cool, man. lots of dope singers. The um the team was was great over there. Like they made sure we, we had what we needed and it was just fun. It's all it's always fun. It was hot as hell outside. <laughs> I bet. I was about to say man that especially during the summer, you guys singing out there, oh whoa. Yeah. But you know, Florida, you can't escape the heat no matter where you go. So it's it's whatever. But. Yeah, what did you think of the talent when you first came here? You know, you come from Georgia, you come from like where all these talented singers, and then you come to Florida. You would never think there's this much kind of singing talent over here. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like kinda hitting. Like but no, it's it's super dope out here. Like I got to see the the artists like kind of like the artist scene out here for a little while too when I first moved out here and some of more of the musical theater scene and the dancers and the different stu- uh, dance studios and the recording studios and stuff and there's just a lot of dope people in Orlando like and it's a lot of different 
stuff. Like everybody's not trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of hungry artists here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like case in point, you know, my friend Kyla, I know, you know, Kyla, uh, Kyla Carter. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the, one of my the, partner. The, the Sopralto. Yeah. Yeah. Sopralto. Yeah. yeah. Like she, she's like a hustler. She'll sing for, um, you know, joyful, and then she'll go sing at Disney Springs and things like that. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of freelance sing- uh, dancers and singers out there. Like, what is your advice to them to keep on going? Because a lot of uh, people that are like younger in age that listen to this that want to pursue it, was there times where you're you're kind of like looking for work, and then when you got it, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know, serendipitous to you, and then like after liking like post liking and before voice play and then how did voice play come into your life because that was pretty trippy to see you in voice play when i saw it on youtube yeah i've been following them for a long time but i was like wow like but you were at first you were just featured in uh, one of their videos and then you became a member how did that all come about yeah um i would i would say like with uh, people like trying to pursue something like in entertainment i would say figure out what it is like what's your end game like what's what's your end goal like what do you really want to do and if the stuff you're looking for isn't leading you to that then there's no point of even like trying it you know like unless you just want to just get the experience you know just to say you did it um but definitely i feel like uh, if somebody would have told me something like that and like harped on it for me, like maybe 10 years ago, I'd be in a different place instead of, you know, trying so many different things, like trying to try to stay on a steady path. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But yeah, the uh, voice play, bro, that was like a completely different, like that was a whole nother, <laughs> another curveball again, just like Lion King was for me. Like, but I like trying different stuff, you know what I mean? Like, because you, ne- you never know. Like, um, but yeah, once again, D- Disney, I was singing at American Music Machine. And um, do you know Troy? You know Troy uh, Delindo? Well, that sounds so familiar. You probably met him before. But he's, a beat yeah. bo- he's, a, he's a beatboxer for Edge Effect. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We worked at American Music Machine together. And, um, he needed they needed me to sub for uh Carl Carl Hudson for one of the Oh gigs. Carl, yes. Yeah. Carl. yeah. So um they needed me to sub on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship and sing bass for them. And I was like, You want me to sub for who? <laughs> I was like, I can't sing like Carl Carl voice deep as hell, boy. Like could Carl live in the basement, you know what I'm saying? Like so I was like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll guess I'll give it a try. And I've never been on a cruise ship or done none of that stuff. All this was like new to me. So I learned the music. We got on the cruise ship and that particular cruise, <laughs> Ellie from voice play was subbing for Sean Garrity. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we all, you know, just being guys, and you know, I'm cool. I'm chilling. I'm stupid. And just being my class clown self all the time. Um, we just hit it off and we we got each other's we exchanged contact information and then like a year and some change later um uh ellie hit me up uh to ask me if i wanted to audition for the group to like sub for a little while like doing christmas stuff 
Um, and that's how it started. Like I subbed for them doing a, a very Mickey's Very Merry Christmas or whatever, um, which was like, what was that? Christmas of 2016, I want to say. Um, and then after that, I guess they were in, impressed with my work ethic and they asked me to sub for them like for their regular gigs throughout the year. So mm-hmm. all of 2017, I was subbing for them. And then they were like, yo, you want to do a video? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to do a video. Like, I see, you've seen their videos. Like, oh, yeah. Them Jenks is Very always, well put together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I hadn't really done stuff like that besides like music, music videos I did on my own with my own music or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was like, let's do it. And I got in the studio with Lane and I never even heard the song before or the part. And we just, he, he just walked me through the uh their recording process which is completely different from mine i I used to not go into the studio without knowing the whole song you know inside and out yeah. but that's not the way they do it so i'm like mm-hmm. cool this is way more efficient so i recorded it and we did a video and then from there we i did a few more videos and after that they asked me if i wanted to be in the group and at first i was like uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, how did they approach you about that because like you know that was a long uh you know a long stint without their og member in there and i always thought you were a perfect fit you know i know they've had people in and out like in videos before you became like a yeah like the like the for real member now but how did you take it and how did you ask them how did they come to that conclusion or like um like it was cool because I know they like to collaborate a lot, and I was just at that point I was just still hustling and grinding and like pretty much restarting my, um, I guess you could call it my career in Florida. I guess, um, mm-hmm. because you know after that was after Lion King and I had left to do some other musicals and stuff at Alhambra, and I went back home to Virginia for a little while to uh, try some stuff with Love and. New York and all of that stuff fell apart and I came back. So at that point I was just trying to look for work. And um yeah. I was like, they seem pretty dope and they seem like cool people. I was like, let's let's give it a try, you know, like and it was work, so and it, and it was fun. So um I I honestly don't remember how they came to their conclusion. I guess it's just my overall like just work ethic and the fact that I live here, you know, obviously. Like you can do mm-hmm. it with somebody who doesn't live here, but it's easier when somebody who's dope live is living like right up the street from you. You know what I mean? So you can get up for yeah. rehearsals, and you don't gotta fly nobody in or meet halfway or whatever. You know. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, it was it was cool, with, uh, like being welcomed because I was like I never seen myself singing in an acapella group like, <laughs> yeah. like professionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like wow, like this is a whole different type of way once again learning something new there's something else i can put in my bag and like you know a lot of people don't get to experience it on that type of level so it's like i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm just soaking it all in like everything i can i can learn from being in this this group situation yeah like uh with you and voice play do you still like pursue your own personal projects as well oh yeah of course of course not as much as i'd like to but I do. I just I just dropped a single last month called Forbearance. Um, hey. It's a little R&B, new, new age R&B type of joint. Kind of got like mm-hmm. a tank vibe to it. Um, but yeah, I still I still be writing. I write for other people. 
um, a lot actually now. I write for like other companies and uh, small businesses and other artists that just need help putting putting their songs together. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I demo, rap, and sing for clients. Like I help my nephew with his music and his music production, teaching him how to produce and mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm still I'm still doing my artist thing when I when I can. Still trying to figure out how to balance all that stuff out because it's a, a heavy workload, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm still 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 digging in a little bit, you know. Yeah, man. So I wanted to I mean as a voice play fan and as a fan of you, I've always wanted to see like how do how do you how long does it take for you guys' arrangements to happen and like how do you guys I don't know if this is like uh, secret stuff, but like how do you guys like how long does it take from arranging the song to like getting video ideas and then putting it out to the world because I know that like I know we see the finished product all the time. Yeah. But like how the much process. work goes into yeah, the process. The process the arrangement process is um I'm not usually involved too much with that unless I'm like adding little harmony ideas here and there. Um mm-hmm. it's more so Lane and Jeff that do the arrangements, but everybody everybody gets a little they get in on it a, a little bit. Um mm-hmm. but the arrangement is probably the most tedious part of it, honestly. Like because you have mm-hmm. to sit down and map out who's singing what, how do you want it to be um, laid out. Like, everybody has creative uh, freedom, for the most part, to sing their solo, how they want to sing it. But the background vocals have to be specific, you know what I mean? So yeah. everybody's matching up at the same places, same rhythm, same beat, same cutoffs, breath cutoffs, intro, all of that stuff. It's, that's the most mm-hmm. tedious part of it. But they've been doing it so long. They got their their formula down for for that um but once we get the arrangement like we pretty much have our parts in within the next that probably less than 48 hours and by then that we've already been talking over uh like set props uh clothing like what the video is gonna look like all that type of stuff is already done with within like that week so i can't tell you exactly how long of the arrangement takes i'd say mm-hmm. probably like a week or so for the arrangement and then the pro- the stuff after that probably like another week a week and a half before we like shoot the video so probably the whole process is like two two to two and a half weeks yeah yeah that's yeah because i i love the way I mean I think I love you guys as acapella group different than others because like you guys are so much fun you know not a hit to pentatonics or anything but those guys are like really serious you know it's really you know really I don't say dark but I would say like you know it's not as fun and jumpy is that kind of like the style you guys wanted to create which is to be more fun and just to yeah yeah I definitely I definitely peeped that for the for the voice play brand like I was like if I ever were to be in a acapella group like randomly it would have to be a group that's set up like this so that way i can be a complete goofy idiot on stage and but still (laughs) like sing my ass off like too you know what i mean like it's like (laughs) it's like the group was like i was supposed to be plugged in at at some point and like experience it because i would never want to be a part of something that's like too too serious you know yeah yeah that's not fun you know not for me anyways yeah, what was like? What was the hardest song you had to 
had to learn or had to, I mean, for voice play, because there's a lot of harmonies going in and out. And like, I would say for you, when you sing the, what's this song? Oh yeah. yeah a lot bro. Of verbal. Bro. bro. Verbal. Lyrically. Yeah. That was the hardest one for me to learn, bro. That joint too. I was so frustrated learning that joint, bro. Cause I would start singing like the last verse as the second verse and all of that stuff. Cause you know it all sounds the same and it's just the people talking about the big steps like and boo boo gaga gaga. I'm like, oh my gosh. Who put this boo boo? The lights are brightening, lightning, cycling, it's like literally like if you miss one syllable, you're you're gonna trip and fall down the stairs forever. Like that's literally. <laughs> have you missed? Have you missed uh, singing that song live before? Uh, you said, "Have I sung it live before?" You, I mean, like, have you? Su- I mean, I think you sung it live before, but have you sung it live and like missed? Oh yeah, or, of like, course. Oh, of course, I've sung geez. it live and missed. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> man, man. I mean, I don't know if Earl. I mean, I don't think Earl knows who I am, but I remember freaking out seeing Earl at Finding Nemo, and, uh, you know, I was just delivering plates, because we were having a Polynesian plate sale, mm-hmm. and I was delivering back to, because we know the costumers yeah. over there, because they kind of bleed over to Lion King. I don't think, I don't think Earl will ever know this. He probably looked at, he, he kind of looked at me like I was a, like I was an idiot. Or <laughs> but I was, <laughs> I was giving food to the, you know, to everybody, and then I actually went on the Nemo stage, and he was already dressed up, and he walked past me, and I was like, oh, and I touched his shoulder, because I couldn't know what to say, and he looked at me like I was stupid. I was like, oh, man, I just missed my chance to tell him how big of a fan I am. Yo, we can, um, after this joint is over, I'll, I'll, I'll set up a meeting. You can come meet all the guys and stuff, bro. Dude, I would love that. That would be, that would be amazing. Yeah, you can just pop in, but... you can just pop in with the fire knife going ham and they'd be like yo who the fuck is this walking into our <laughs> hey they did hey i wanted to say to them they did a great job with uh with the moana song and the way they executed the polynesian words yeah spot on i was like wow like they actually did their research on how to speak bro i was bro i was salty i was salty they didn't invite me to be in that video bro Oh man! Hey, shout out to Rachel. Rachel did great. Rachel killed that oh, joint. Big shout yeah. out to Rachel. I wish they would have hit me up though. I could at least popped up on the screen and hit the Maui part on them one time, like you know. Oh yeah. At least the rap, like you know, the tapestry here in my skin and all of that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, I mean, you would have been perfect for that. Like I, that I mean, I think my favorite one from them with you. I mean, because before I would say before you, you know, I was I listened to them, but. You know, I was like, oh, they're great. But with you, I feel like it's a different, it's a different sound, different dynamic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Everything you guys have done is a killer. I love the the very first video with you guys when you guys did the, oh, the yeah. top 10 heroes. Oh, yeah. Man. Like, I mean, how, what was your knowledge of them before, you know, like before you came in? Was it like, because they were on, um, what is it? Not the voice. The sing sing off. off. Is that what sing off? Yeah, the sing Aaron, off. The sing off and all of that. Like, I didn't. What was your knowledge I, of that? I, I meant to say earlier when we were talking about the hardest songs to sing. Um, before we keep going, what's this was the hardest lyrically, but the hardest to sing vocally at the time when I first joined them was the Phantom of the Opera, bro. Like, 
that jank sat in such a weird range for me because I'm more of a, a berry, uh, berry bass. But what's his mm-hmm. name? Um, Tony's more of a tenor, the one who was yeah, there before me. So he be hitting that Phantom of the Opera like it's nothing. But when they had me sing that joint, bro, I keep squeaking all over that that joint, bro. <laughs> I'm in that I'm in that bit like sing once again with me. <laughs> <laughs> Like I find, I got it down a few times, but like probably like 60, 60, 40, I was missing it. <laughs> so they had to take that joint out. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you about that. I think that's, you know, because everybody knew Tony before you. And I always say this before, like when I took over somebody's spot in a show in Hawaii and they're probably, who's the hell is this guy? Who's this? You know, until I show like, like my fire knife skills because I replaced another fire knife dude. And people fell in love with this guy before me, so I kind of had like a lot of, you know, animosity. Yeah, animosity and shoes to fill. How was that like coming in, knowing that like they were looking for what almost a year to find a replacement for Tony, and then yeah, you come in like I know now. I mean, I would say everybody's a big fan of of you, but what was that like coming in? Um, at first, I wasn't really paying too much attention to it because again, I wasn't really like you know, trying to take his spot. I was just hustling and working, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, but after a while, you know, after we did a couple more videos and I started seeing the comments, you know, people were like, yo, where's Tony? Like, uh, this yeah. this guy is okay, but where's Tony? Like, oh, he's cool, but where's Tony? I'm like, um, damn, I like, son. I was like, uh, don't ask me because I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just here to do a couple a few YouTube videos and see, you know, see how this thing works out, you know, but I, nobody like, n- there wasn't like crazy animosity. Like nobody was hitting me up. Like, yo, you just going to steal his spot. Like, get out of here. You know, we not, no, no, we not fucking with you like that. Like, get out. like, nah, no, nobody was really, nobody was like at my neck like that, you know, like, like there were no acapella gangsters, like just coming out of nowhere, like cussing me out about it for the for the most part people were like yo this this is pretty this is cool this is a different sound like you know mm-hmm. like so people's people's ears were uh were perked up for for sure to see somebody um <clears throat> with a different sound and look and vibe like you know mix in with the the, the voice play brand so yeah. it's mostly positive you know yeah but I didn't. Amen. I didn't know. I didn't know about them too much before. Before mm-hmm. I met them, I heard about them through like some of the Disney co-workers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not really know. Yeah, was Earl the only Disney person there, or was everybody? I mean, I know Ellie was for American Music Machine, but did they all do Nemo, or was it just Ellie, Earl? Ellie didn't do American Music Machine. Um, I mean. I- I think he was going to, maybe I don't know, but he wasn't. He didn't do it, but he definitely did some stuff overseas. Um, I don't know if he worked did like Disney Hong Kong or maybe it was Universal Studios. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff worked for Universal Studios for a little while too. I think he did Disney uh, like in, back in the day too. But the well, only one see who still him worked. Me one day. Oh yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> he uh um but yeah Earl was me and Earl were the only ones that worked at, at Disney at that time. Dang. Yeah, so like you know, you're with these guys and things like that. Like what is I would say I mean 
one of the questions that I love to ask, you know, um, the artists or the people that do come on here, because most people that do come on here are like, like either Friday Night Dancers, Hula Dancers, or like Polynesian uh, performers, like musicians, because they do like Hawaiian music or, you know, island reggae and things like that. And I always ask them, what is like the most emotional performance they've ever had? You know, and uh, I want to say, extend that to you. What was the most emotional performance you've ever had where you were like, you know what, this is what I love to do or something happened and, you know, just singing that day made it all better or I don't know if that's a, something you have to look deep within the mind to do, but I think that would, that would kind of put us into your world and how you think of music and how it, how it is for you, you know, what the, what your most emotional performance was. Uh, I'm trying to think, man, there's been, there's been a few times that I can remember, but I'm trying to remember like the first time where I got like, kind of like caught up on stage, like trying to sing or rap something. And like, I, I got so emotional to the point where like, I couldn't get the words out kind of. Yeah. Um, I would have to say it it was it happened in Bible study first. Hmm. Um I it was one of like one of the first lead songs I got to sing like with the adult choir, but I was still a teenager. I was like 14 or 15 again. Um and uh we were singing a song and the words are just really 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 like hitting like different that day. And like I couldn't do, I couldn't do none of the ad libs or nothing. Like, and it's just one of the songs where the choir just keeps saying the same thing over and over again while I'm just ad libbing over it. So they're like, they're like, a holy, holy, and I'm supposed to be fitting in between those lines, like yes you are, like just going going him, and like I can't, I couldn't do any of it. Like I'm literally like standing at the the microphone, like bawling, like crying bro like i was like that's like the first time i ever 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 got like that and like i've never done that in front of like people so that was like even even more different like i got completely swept up i was like wow like that's the first time that's ever that's ever 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 happened to me so i was like this must mean way way more to me than I thought before, like I knew I was in love with music and performing and, you know, all of that, that type of stuff, but whatever was going on then at that moment, that was like another like turning point in terms of like me getting more intimate with music and on a spiritual level and all of that. Yeah. Dang, man. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I love that. You know what I mean? I think the reason why I kind of asked that to people is because it, it kind of connects you back to your why. Like, why you do what you love to do. You yeah. Know, when you, on these sort of performances, you know, I think that's important. That's very important. Yeah. That's extremely so, important. Like, more important than, than we, 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 uh, we like to admit. And a lot of us, we, we kind of lose sight of that because we're always so busy hustling and grinding and, moving around and talking and posting and you know we don't we don't always remember the the why we do 
what what it is we do you know Mm -hmm. um so it's important to keep that in mind at all times because that that's what keeps you strong when stuff gets super hard like and once again it just depends on what your what your goal is everybody doesn't want to be you know like a huge famous artist or dancer or um whatever the case may be some people you know just want to get to like a certain level and they're they're good you know mm-hmm. but if you're you know you're trying to do something on a huge scale you, that why is like you got you got have to start reminding yourself multiple times a day why you know because it, it gets yeah. that that rough <clears throat> yeah i think i i think you hit it on the head you know especially for us like polynesian performers at disney because we've always we we were just talking about this me and my brother shout out to bj by the way bj he's like bj yeah yeah we were talking about it like you know everybody at lion king that are singers or dancers like they have places to aspire to be at like they can either want to go to broadway they either want to pursue you know musician careers or like dancing and music videos but fire dancers and polynesian dancers we don't know what what else is out there for us and to, i mean unless we're creating our own yeah you know, these like disney and cirque are kind of like the only places i think for us as polynesian performers we kind of just like uh think about the next gig or what's what's life after this never really trying to pr- pursue it as a, a full as career, a career. Yeah. yeah what do you what do you um what do you want to do with fire knife like what's like the What's like the major goal, like the biggest thing you want to do for for like man. the fire knife community? Oh man, well that's actually for people that follow me on Instagram and things like that. They see me and my friend Lonnie. We post about uh, the Mana Collective. You know what I mean? And we were my friend Lonnie uh, actually started the the Mana Collective, and she does all the marketing strategies for Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. And she, she helps people with podcasts, like famous people like Trevor Noah, Snoop Dogg, and all those people. And uh, you know how you say like a, a vision to somebody that you have, but you don't know if anybody's going to listen to it. You just say it and you just kind of like don't know if anybody cares about it, you know? Yeah. Well, me and Lonnie had that same conversation and uh, she didn't really tell me what she did. And, uh, I just told her, hey, I want to start a podcast. I want to do a short film with Fire Knife and create more opportunities more than Disney, you know, more than Disney, more than Cirque, because I think we know that feeling where, you know, we have friends in, in the Disney circuit and in the Cirque circuit. Like, if they decide to let you go next year, because we renew every year, yeah, like, that's it. You yeah. know what I mean? And then after that, like, <laughs> I remember what are that. you going to do? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, go back to Hawaii or are you going to, you know what I mean? Do something that you don't want to do. Like you still want to pursue your culture. Yeah. And so Awana was, she, she, she actually set up this whole podcast. She set up the whole website and she said, you know, like I see how creative in your vision is for the culture and for fire knife. Let's create something for it. And so hence the short film, hence, you know, creating uh, music and all these scripts and all these things and bringing Polynesian artists together. Because most Polynesians do dancing on their spare time. I wanted to do I want to keep doing it outside of the Lion King stage. And I think close to that, I just want to present Polynesia in a different way 
present fire knife in a different way because man i feel like our culture needs to get out there more you know i can dig that i like all of that yeah you actually i think me, you actually just gave me an idea too really hey i would love to hear that idea bro yeah we we gonna we definitely gonna i already told you before we started the podcast but we gonna we gonna chop it up after the podcast for sure <laughs> yeah yeah because with mana you know like we don't want to just do because we want to do Polynesian shows, which everybody thinks, which everybody when somebody thinks of Hawaiians or Polynesian, they think of luau's. We can do that, you know, anybody can do that. But why? Yeah. How come? Like, let's do it in a different way. Let's create a Broadway show with Polynesian singers and Polynesian dancing, and do it a different way. Or the short film with Fire Knife is not just about Fire Knife. It's about uh, dealing with mental health issues and depression, and anybody can relate to that. So when people yeah. from other cultures watch it they're like oh i didn't know these people existed but also i didn't know they had this crazy art form at the same time so it's kind of like and even with music you know polynesians you know they're going into the wave of island reggae which i love i love that yeah i love that too yeah but i want us to create a sound of our own you know yeah you know so because you know uh that's something that uh my friend lonnie she works for cashmere she it's an ad agency and they work with multicultural things. But Polynesian culture, when she presented to them, they they were interested in, in it now. But back then, they were probably like, oh, what is this? You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but we want to matter just as much as everyone else. You know, we want to get our voices out there because we matter out there, too. We we're, we live in, like, the biggest, the largest ocean <laughs> in the whole world. We in that, inhabit that place. And we want to be out there i don't know if i'm on my soapbox right now no no yeah i'm i'm (laughs) I'm hearing you loud and clear bro that's that's super dope that you you feel like that and that you're actually acting on it too like and i i would love to be a part of that bro like we we definitely gotta talk like i know we were you know we were talking about some stuff way back in the day when you were trying to teach me you and vj were trying to teach me how to fire knife and, and stuff <laughs> in the garage <laughs> yes but, but yeah bro i definitely i got a couple ideas so i'm gonna just run them by you and, and we'll we, yeah, we chop it up for sure bro that's that's super dope though like i hope you really you know get everything you're looking for with that and like any way i can help with that like straight up i'm not just saying it just because i'm on your podcast like you know i've always been like a supportive dude and oh of I've course always, man you know, i think checked in and yeah. stuff and that's what collective means in mana. You know, mana is the Polynesian word for power and strength. You know, if we bring the people together, even people who aren't Polynesian, Definitely. get their points of view and see how they can learn from us. But how, but how can we learn from them and make it in a way that is presentable to the world? Because I think when people think of Hawaii or Polynesian, they only think of hula girls and fire dancing, which is great. But, like, I want people to know there's so much more to us than that. Yeah. You know? So... Definitely. That's what I love about what you said earlier about like uh, with Lion King providing that uh, that experience for you guys that you know that are African American and then don't, there's not a lot of shows there's not a lot of opportunities out there to do what you're doing. I think if we collaborate and if we come together as one people, we can create something cool, man. Because you know what's so funny? Everybody loves black culture, but sometimes like <laughs> I feel like people like. Don't still don't respect the people that it comes from. That's that's my idea yeah of it. yeah for sure. That's that's yeah. definitely that's facts for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's my 
that's my soapbox. But yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, I couldn't do this podcast without you, bro, because you're one of my inspirations. You know, of of becoming an artist. And when you when you made that decision from Lion King, like even though I'm still in the Disney bubble, like I'm I'm always thinking, what else is there for me? You know what I mean? I yeah. love this job. I love this place. Of but, course. Like I want to do more. That's you know? that's always the hard the hard thing and it's it's crazy i'm kind of at a i'm kind of at another crossroads now like you know like like as a man you're just like bro like do i want to keep doing what i'm doing or is that is that voice telling me hey over over here this, this, i want you to go this way you know what i mean like, like mm-hmm. so it's just you know you we, we there it's obviously it's a calling it's just the the question is are we are we going to answer it or are we going to just keep ignoring it and you know settling in a way you know yeah so. mm-hmm. yes i get it you know and i'm really really blessed to have you on man and to share your experience you know one of the last questions i want to ask you you know before i call you on the regular phone <laughs> but um you know one thing that Polynesians always ask each other, and one of the questions that one of my old Fire Knife mentors asked us, me, VJ, and uh, my friend Mika, they said, what do you want to be remembered for? What is, like, the legacy that you want to leave behind, you know? And uh, what is what is your legacy that you want to leave behind? Like, what do you want to... What is the stamp you want to leave on the world? What do you want to be remembered for, bro? Uh, remembered for in the world. Um... I know one of the main things I, I want to be remembered for is just how I made people feel. Um, I always, I always say like I've, I've always been the class clown personality, but I want, you know, I want when people like hear my name or see it on paper or anything, I want it to like make them like laugh and like smile and like think of whatever the fir- the first funny memory of me they they can like you know like that dude that dude jay nunn always you know went out of his way to make sure you know he 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 checked up on me or um he went out of his way to make sure he shared his gifts and his talents with the world in a way that made him like just the most one of the most lovable people that ever walked like the face of the earth um and on top of that like i want to be remembered by how many people i helped um, achieve their own goals and dreams. Um, whether it be music in music and entertainment or something else, which I think mostly is going to be in music and entertainment, of course, cause that's my area of expertise, but you know, I've had people hit me up and be like, yo, the, the way you like relentlessly chase after your dreams has inspired me to, you know, chase for this job in a whole completely different field. And, you know, like my, my journey thus far has inspired them in a way to do something that has absolutely nothing to do with music. It's given them confidence, just seeing me um, and knowing me on a, a, a small level, you know what I mean? So um, I'm rambling, but o- overall that's, that's what, those are the two main things I want to be remembered for. Like I, I inspire, um, love and happiness and how many people and lives and families I help at the end of my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Man. Man, I mean, that's an inspirational word, you know, for for me, I've known you since like 2013, 2012. Yeah, 2013, start- bro. 2013 when we started Lion King. That's crazy. Yeah, man, I just, I just wanted to tell you, man, how much I care about you, man, and how much you have inspired me and and how much I miss harmonizing with you and VJ. Hopefully, hey, if Fulmai is hearing this, Brianna, you know, if you want to. Oh, yeah, we definitely need to do that. We definitely need to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Record that song. You know, since I sing now, I guess I'll take one verse. (laughs) I pledge my life to you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so every every Polynesian that's hearing this, we used to sing... uh, Laval from Fiji. I don't know how we came across, I mean, came upon that song to sing. I don't remember how we came across that either, but that thing was dope, though. Yeah. I miss it, man. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> freaking VJ had to leave to Maui, but hey, one day we got to head over to Maui and visit VJ and record it. And... <laughs> I'm definitely oh, going to do that. Bro. I haven't been out there ever. Bro, you need to go to Hawaii. Oh, bro, I was going to ask, bro. Bree said she was going to take us out there one day. We're supposed to take the whole band out there. Paradigm supposed to go out there one day. Shoot. If you guys go, I'll go behind you guys, yo. I want to go so y'all can show me, like, everything. Like, I'm not trying to go by myself. Like, Oh, bro, I, I got you, bro. I mean, Big Island and Big Island in Oahu are my specialties, but VJ will take you around Maui because that's where he lives. Bet. That's a bet. But I love Big Island. I, big, I love Oahu, man. And Kauai, too. I I got some family over there in Kauai. Yeah, so. we gonna, I'm going to make that happen for sure. I always wanted to ask you, when you first saw Fire Dancing, since this is Fire Knife Life, what did you think? Because like Lion King is like a weird, a weird show to explain to people. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. Bro, I thought that shit was wild when I first saw it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I ever seen that ever, ever, like ever in my entire life. Like I don't think I've seen it in a video or or a movie or a game or nothing like i think literally my first time seeing it was when i went to uh one of the shows and when i was like learning it i was learning lion king and we went to the shows just to shadow our character or whatever and i was like yo if he let that joint go somebody is somebody is getting lit like (laughs) yeah yeah, for real. I mean, I think the person that used to scare you the most even though he's a safe fire knife dancer was bj BJ, oh yeah, we would throw that thing all the way up to the ceiling. Really? Yeah, I'd be like, oh my! God. <laughs> He's like, you gonna burn the whole hut down in this bit? We ain't gonna have no stage, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I I miss those days, especially going into when we had a trailer. When we had a trailer, yes. And then just going in there and then had the video games hooked up. Yeah, watching bit. Danny play the same video game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go to Pride Rock. You wanna go to Pride Rock? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about Pride Rock. Yeah, bro. Pride Rock still sells the same stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah. Except I mean, except, you know, the they still have a Sodexo over there that just sells like tacos and shiz. Oh, okay. Other than that. Come on, tacos. Yeah. Would my beef in your top? Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. 
Oh, yeah, we gotta talk about that. Denise, <laughs> Denise, will you? <laughs> okay, so we have this running joke that we've been having since 2013, and we still laugh at it after all these years. Is that uh, me, BJ, and this guy? We love the Nutty Professor too. The clumps. The clumps. <laughs> and there's the scene where Sherman is gonna propose to Janet Jackson's character Denise, and he brings out the mariachi band. <laughs> We quote that thing for years, and it's still funny to us for some reason. He's like, Denise, working alongside of you this last couple of years has been the most wonderful time of my life. <laughs> the most wonderful time I'll of his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. I mean, I wanted to ask you about this. Do you re- remember what I used to bug you about? Hey, I bet you go for run? a big old whopper right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my, bad, my, bad. Right now. <laughs> my bad, my bad. You was talking. I'm being stupid. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm loaded with secret songs. <laughs> What'd say? Uh, hey! <laughs> what <you> say? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to see if you wanted to get some Mexican food. <laughs> oh, that's funny as hell, man. So I wanted to ask you. He wants to ask you. You got to do the whole scene. <laughs> ask her already. Get off my lawn, you pervert. <laughs> I'm on the grass. <laughs> I'm on the grass. All right. I, I think we lost like half of the audience already. It's all good. It's all good. Got to get that laugh in. <clears throat> yeah, dude. World crazy right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> get them laughs in. Oh, I was going to ask you, remember I used to bug you about doing Ardelia's run? Ardelia doesn't do this anymore, by the way, Ardelia, if you're you're hearing this. But her old run at the old theater, do you remember? um, Was it when she's singing Circle of Life? Oh, no, no. It's when uh, when you guys are doing the scat at the Lion King. Oh, the um, in the beginning? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. You do, and then people still like. I guess your your voice is in the rehearsal room, and we're kind of like opening up the curtain about our rehearsals at Disney. <laughs> but like you're like the template of the scat for all the new Nakawas that have come in. Do you remember it? No, nah, I don't remember that joint. Oh man, I hear it all the time. I don't want to say it because like I smell so gum doing it, but oh man, for so late, man, I'm. It I'm might so be. Happy. It might be like shop, bop, 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 something, something dumb like that. Yeah, something like that. something dumb like that. It's been too long, bro. I know I sound goofy on that recording too. <clears throat> no, bro, you sound great, man. I think, I think my favorite cast to dance with was like you, Beryl. You know, even Sam. Oh, shout out to Sam. Oh yeah, Sam, Sam Scott. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to VJ in his big. Shout out to VJ. Yeah. It's been Shout a minute. To Charles, Dion, you know, shoot. Charles, I mean, who else came? Man, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna freaking hate myself if I don't remember this guy's name. He was a key mate too. Oh, Clinton, Clinton. Clinton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Clinton. Clinton, Carl, brother Charles. Hey, brother Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Charles Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual chocolate. 
Oh, Sam, Sam was um subbing for subbing for Edge Effect too on that cruise where I met Ellie. Dang. Ellie, so that was a dope. That was a super dope, fun cruise. Yeah, we need to have a Lion King week on this podcast to have all of the Lion King crew freaking come on here and talk about their experience because I see them all the time. It's just like I want to see like deeper into the past how they got there. You know? Yeah. Because over here, if you're a fire dancer, if you've been doing fire dancing for a certain amount of time, like you know the right people, that's kind of how it happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been a minute since I've seen a lot of them, to be honest. Like yeah, in person, yeah. anyways. Dang, man. So, yeah, so like, where, can, uh, where can people find you at? Uh, what is your social media platform? Um, everything Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. All that stuff is, it's J9. That's I-T-S-J-N-O-N-E. Um, or you can hit my website up, www.itsj9.com. Snap, sucker. Yes, sir. Man, oh, so it's been such a great, such a great time to talk with you and put you on the podcast. We'll call you right after this, but. Man, I just want to say, bro, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that I got to share the stage with you at Lion King. I'm so glad I got to hang out with you outside of it, you know what I mean, to kind of solidify, like, that bond we had. You know, uh, something that I love that happens is that we haven't seen each other for a long time. I remember <laughs> I saw you at that uh, that one festival. <laughs> the festival? That one, I don't know if you remember that festival that me I saw you at. Me and Robert, we did our little... Pride knife section with no. Oh fire. yeah, downtown the um the pride the pride joint. Yeah, pride. Yeah, the pride yeah, festival. Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I saw you. I was like, dang, bro. Like it's been a minute. Know. Yeah, bro. I'm just really lucky to, because of Disney, I got to be with people like you and the talent that's over there. And sorry, man. So thank you again for coming on, bro. Definitely, bro. Brothers, brothers for life out this mug, bro. You already knew. Yeah, bro. Denise, right, Denise, bro. Denise, until we die. <laughs> Denise, until we... Denise, Denise, will you? The <laughs> <laughs> most wonderful. So stupid, man. You know what's so funny? One of the things that made me laugh before we end is you saw the School of Rock. Oh yeah, of course, Jack Black. But, yeah, you saw a, a. Did you see like a posting on a building, and then you saying a. Uh, there's no way. Oh my god, I laughed so hard. <laughs> There's no way you can stop the school of Rome. Yeah. <laughs> Tip with the tongue, teeth in the lips. <laughs> Mr. Schneebly. Actually, it's Schneebly. <laughs> Bro, they could remake that joint. You could play Jack Black's character. Bro, heck yeah, bro. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, caveat to that. We when we first started, we were working alongside uh Jack Black's stunt double. Really? Remember? Yeah, remember in rehearsal? What? Jack Black's stunt double, and then but he he hurt his ribs and then didn't come back. What was he doing? What do you mean? He was at Lion King? Yeah, it was a tumble monkey. He was coming in with us, remember? Jack Black's Stunt double, bro. How do you not remember? Was dude? it a, was it an older guy? He's an older guy. Older dude looks just like Jack Black, but he was a lot more like 
skinnier. Well, a little bit big, but he was a little skinnier. I think I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember him looking like Jack Black. I remember an older, he was a really goofy dude, though, right? He's goofy as fudge. Bro, dude. I think I know who you're talking about. I just don't remember him looking like Jack Black. I just Jimmy Whitman him. or something. Jimmy something. Jimmy Whitman? Jimmy something. Jimmy got, Jimmy got, Jimmy got. <laughs> dude we can quote school of rock all night too yeah that's another what, good one yeah what's the prize <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we probably lost half the audience but anyway <laughs> oh my gosh you're an idiot bro <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, so I'm going to end it here before I call Brother Jay Nunn. But uh, just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this is the Fire Knife Live podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Rexy Team Model on Instagram. You can follow our company page at The Mono Collective on Instagram and follow our website. No, go to our website. Sorry about that. Go to our website, <laughs> themonocollective.com. We are going to be issuing out casting calls soon for fire knife dancers and two performers two lady performers so uh keep an eye out for that on the instagram page and more announcements coming on the podcast so until then mahalo and peace yeah yeah all right we're off air now Swag. yes sir all right bro i'm gonna put this in the editing right now and then i'm gonna actually i'm gonna call you right now after i get uh after i end this call Cool. All right, I'm just chilling. All right, bro, I'm going to call you on your regular phone. All right. Well, everybody, I hope you guys loved that episode with me and Jay Nunn laughing about uh, the School of Rock and 90 Professor 2. If you guys have time, go on YouTube and find that clip, and you'll understand why we laughed so hard at that one. But anyway, I hope you guys love that episode. This Friday, we're going to have Fire Night Friday with Jay Nunn himself. He's going to put on a little concert for the ladies. Just kidding. For everyone. So... Fire Night Fridays this Friday, 9 p.m. Hope you guys can make it. Me and Jay Nunn again, part two. Send in your questions, and we'll answer them. All right, everybody. Hope you guys have a great day. Peace out.